Welcome to the MedMan Podcast, a podcast focused on helping you level up your practice. I'm Jesse Arnoldson. And I'm Jay Holmes. Through interviews with some of the most successful leaders in the industry, we help uncover resources, tools, and ideas to help you level up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you enjoyed today's program. Welcome back to the MedMan Podcast. Here we are with Jesse and myself again. We're um, jumping into to the second episode here in, in a series about hiring. And in this episode, we're going to hear from Jesse about how to avoid narrow interview structures. Jesse, welcome back. Excited to have you. Thanks, Jay. All right, man. Well, to jump into this one, I want you to tell me about why it's so hard to gauge someone in an interview. What, what makes that difficult? You know, typically it's because we're hoping that we can get a look into a person as a whole in a limited, less than an hour, one-on-one sit-down for which this person prepared and for which anybody, for that matter, can behave themselves for an hour. You know, they can keep their quirks under the covers. They can say the right things. They've practiced this. It is so hard to use that as a measurement of how this person is going to behave when they're with you 40 hours a week. What happens when they get stressed? What happens when they, you know, get brought into a, a scenario they're not comfortable with? What happens if they're asked to do something by somebody they, they see as inferior? You, you can't get all these things from a single interview or from an, a single interview type. And so that's, you know, that's why I think it's hard. We're, we're placing a whole lot of eggs in one basket. And that being that we can tell what this person is like from a single interview or interview style. Absolutely, man. You know, kind of what brings to mind is Malcolm Gladwell's, um, and what was it? It was the um, talking to strangers, I think. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And Where we just, think that we're super good at where we can tell what a person's like, right? We think we're super good at it. Oh, and, and how amazingly bad we are, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and yeah. you know, and you think about the, and this is kind of going back to the, the last episode we just did, but, you know, the biases of, in, in or just, just the day, you know, and what they talked, they talked about uh, the, um, the rulings, I don't know what, what it's really called in, in the court where a judge, you know, sentencing of, yeah. of cases and how, you know, if, if you, if you're in the slot after lunch, you are in a disadvantage significantly because the judges like, you know, just ate a bunch of food, a little tired, maybe a little yes. grumpy. And then towards, you know, towards the end of the day, it gets worse. You know, they're, they're usually the sentencing is stricter things like that, all just because of, you know, environmental circumstances, not because the cases are any worse or the evidence is any worse. And we do that all the time. And yeah, that book right there is is such a, a good read yeah. to understand, just to give us a perspective of how far off we are and right. many historical references of just that. Gal Jay, I have I have traffic court next week. I need to look at what time <laughs> my case is. Now I'm a little nervous. Yeah, man. <laughs> Uh, it's a morning one. Hopefully it is. You know, you, you get you get them fresh and uh, they can reason with you, have a little, little yeah. sympathy. Well, I think about that when I'm interviewing, you know, my interviews quite often, I got to think about that. What my afternoon, my post-lunch interviews look like, because yeah, I, I'm wondering if it, it's... If there's um, some bias there, right? Compromised by that. Yeah. Totally. And I bet there. you there it is, you know, I and certainly, you know, to think about in the context of narrow interview structures, that's something to think about is, you know, mm-hmm. when you schedule those interviews and yeah. how, you know, or do you want, do you want them to be on when you're most in tune or, you know, do you try to just push them out to the end of the day thinking that, Hey, that's best. And all of a sudden the end of the day, are you the best 
are they the best? They're rushing from work or, or their other right. thing. And, and it, you know, in interesting. And maybe that's by design, right? Maybe it's like, I want to get someone that is a little off tilt so I can see, you know. A so, little more real, right? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so so let's, um, you know, talk to me about how can we get to know a person better before we, you know, commit to hiring them? What, what are some things, some ideas that we can utilize to try to gauge someone better? I think you have to introduce some variety to who's involved, the settings that you're using, the questions, the way you're probing. You just have to introduce some variety. And so, for example, in our current process over at the Pete's Clinic, we have three different settings that they're interviewing. One's over the phone. Another one is one-on-one -on -one with me. And another one is bouncing around the clinic, hanging out 20 to 30 minutes at a time for several hours with different people throughout the clinic. So it kind of mixes things up a little bit. We, we ask them to do a little bit of writing on our values. We check their references. We, we see what it's like when they're in the waiting room and how they interact with our receptionist. So we're right there. We've probably cut this person from six or seven different ways. And if they were well-behaved in the one-on-one -on -one interview, but truly aren't a person that's going to show respect to the front desk, that's going to come out somewhere, hopefully. Um, or at least we have a better shot of catching those kinds of red flags in these different settings by these different people. Absolutely. You know, and I'm th thinking just to what, what we do in MedMan. And that generally consists of several different interviews. And, you know, one... It's a gauntlet for those poor people, right? Absolutely. Like it's a lot, but it's worth it. It's necessary. It's absolutely necessary. And, and one of them that we deploy is the group interview. And, uh, you know, since we, since we hire and work mostly from a distributed environment where we're not, you know, located in the same office, sometimes that's yeah. through Zoom. And it's, it's actually really, really great. And I, and I just want to talk about that just a little bit, just the group interview. And not for the sake of, you know, trying to be overwhelming to a candidate, but just giving yourself the ability to reflect because someone else is talking and someone else is engaging in that, right. in the candidate. I think that's really valuable. And, you know, it, it certainly works with my personality better because I like to build on things and I like to have that reflective time so that I can go back and then reword or rethink a question as I build on it, you know? And, and sometimes yeah. it's a challenge to listen, to take notes and then come up with the next question. I mean, same thing right here in the mm -hmm. podcast, you know, half my time is thinking about the next question or how what you're saying will influence the next question. Do I need to change the next question a little bit? So it makes more sense and makes it flow. And it's a challenge to actually listen to everything you say while I'm listening to what's in my head at the same time. Yeah, exactly. And, and I have benefited from that as well. In that I'm sitting in a, in a group interview and I'm able to watch you ask a question or somebody else ask a question. And then I just sit and I can purely focus on the candidate, their, their response, their body language, what they're saying, you know, and I have a better chance of gauging what their response is than the person that asked the question, right? Or at least I'm going to catch something different than that other person. Absolutely. You know, and, and let, me, let me bring up something else because this just kind of haunts me. We once upon a time hired someone and our value that we have, we have you know, we're, we're a value run or organization, MedMan is. And a couple of them, and just really quick to share, um, confident humility the ability to um, lead in a confident way, but at the same time, be able to have humility to say, I don't know everything and I need to ask for help when I don't know it. And it's okay for that, right? Because not everyone knows everything. And this idea of sharing, we need to be able to share. Those are two, you know, two of the six that we live by. But there was a comment made in, in, in MedMan, you know, what we do is we have an email, a listserv, and we 
all of our administrators use that to share ideas and learn from each other. And so oftentimes, you know, different levels of administrators will throw out different levels of questions and complexity and things like that. There was a comment made by this person we hired and, and it was almost like, I can't believe, you know, the level in, in a low way of questions that this person's asking out in an open forum, right? Like almost right. Why, why would they put themselves so vulnerably in this area and kind of brushed it off. But to, you know, long story short, that person didn't survive in our organization and I should have caught that then. And they didn't sure. survive because they thought that they knew mo- everything and they weren't going to share and they weren't going to be vulnerable enough to admit when they didn't know. And um, right. I just hold on to that. And I said, you know what? That moment, I should have dug in a little bit more. I should have said, you know, and so you think about, inter- you know, narrow interview structures and you think about, you know, trying to build things up. You just have to, you know, and this course takes more time. You can kind of go like, okay, well, there's certain telltales that I need to start writing down or making sure that I dive into kind of once I hear any, yeah. any you know, ounce of divergence from what I think is going to fit. And I just, that haunts me. It's something that is a little bit off our topic, but of, of just the more you interview, you will pick up one little learning lesson every single time, every single candidate, right? And you better be learning from it. You, and, and hopefully you've learned from that and you've structured questions, you've figured out how to gauge for that better in the interview process uh, because you know, of what haunts you. You're not going to miss that again, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Let me tell you a little bit about some of our interviews and why we think they help give us a better picture of of who we're getting. We, I told you we do a phone interview, a one-on-one interview, and then a working interview. And they all are meant for something else. If you were to look at our process, we've, we've, we've written it all out. And underneath, we've written what we're looking for in each part. And any part that we can't justify what we're looking for is gone. Like we're, we're, we're not going to use the fluff. But I look at resumes when I'm first selecting who I want to interview. And then I don't look at those again until after the phone interview is done. Because I want to be able to, in the phone interview, sit there and hear whether they're a decent human being on the phone. Uh, you know, can they actually talk? Are they curious? Did they do some homework? Like what, did, what questions do they have for me? I want to be able to to, to look at that side of the person without the distraction of the resume. So I, I'm able to get those things. And then we bring the person in and we let them sit out in the, the waiting room and, and talk with the receptionist. And we get to see what it's like when they don't think anybody's paying attention. And we've actually had probably three candidates that did really well in the one-on-one interview right after that, that were not kind and not interested in interacting with our front desk. And it's just that different angle that I wouldn't have gotten by interviewing by myself or keeping the structure super narrow that, that kept us from hiring somebody who would have probably not, you know, not, and not, it's not a hundred percent foolproof, but might not have treated our front desk with the respect they deserve and therefore would have gone against at least three of our practices values. Um, cohesive team being the, the primary one. And then we do the, the working interview. And we're able to see what it's like when it's a little less formal, when they're sitting with all different types of people, when they're asked to do something maybe that they haven't done before and get put on the spot. We're able to just see what it's like when the temperature in the room is different degrees for this person, right? When it's super hot and they're, they're being asked to do something uncomfortable, how do they react? When it's super cool and relaxed and they don't even know that somebody's you know actually gauging them on something, how do they react? So that's 
That's how we do it. We expand the structure to get a better view from different angles. I like it, man. And and let's um let's double click on something real quick. So when you're setting up, or not really setting up, it just naturally happens. But when you're kind of gauging that, you know, sitting in the waiting room, is it a engagement from the your front desk staff with them, or are you pretty much being silent, just waiting to see if there is? engagement from the candidate or is it a little both? No, I ask our front desk to engage them. Okay. Either sit there and talk with them or they give, you know, we give a clinic tour to start our one-on-one interview off. Maybe we have the receptionist do it. And there have been plenty of times where, like I said, there's been three times, one of which the, uh, one of the receptionists came back and was like, Hey, I tried to talk to her and she just would not engage. She just wouldn't look up from her phone. It was single word answers. She just didn't want to talk to me. And yet when that person, when I came out into the waiting room to grab that person, she like lit up and was super chatty and we had a great interview. And to be honest, like it's much less about how they treat me. Can you imagine if I had hired that person, right? Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So that just even, you know, I guess amplifies the feedback even more. It's not like you're just Mm -hmm. saying, Hey, go ahead. And we hope that they interact and and do that. But but you're, right. you're actually, you know, promoting that and you're still getting some, you know, lack of responsiveness. Right. Right. Um, right. And we, and we have other things, you know, like I said, we have them respond to our values in written, you know, we have them write up a little something because I want to see what their writing is like. Uh, we check references because I want to see what other people actually say about them. We check all sorts of things online, you know, to try and get a feel for what they're like behind a keyboard, because that's important you know? And, and so by the time we commit to somebody, we've heard how they act on the phone, how they act when they don't think they're being watched, what their writing like is like, what they're like when they're behind a keyboard. Are they a troll or a decent human being? You know, mm-hmm. we, we have all these different angles. Again, you can't get to know a person a hundred percent. I don't care what interview process you use, but you better as heck open it up above and beyond a single person doing all the interviews or a single way of interviewing. Absolutely. And, you know, something that we have not done yet for MedBand, but I've been promoting it, been kind of getting shot down. But we have a, <laughs> we have a hard time. We have a hard time. One of our values is intellectual curiosity. We, we want right. those that, you know, are life learners and, and always want to strive to know more. And, and really just the curiosity aspect of it, right? Just to be mm-hmm. like, you know what, I don't know something. And that's enough for me to dive in and, and want to learn it. And we've found that that is critical in what we do. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, we're trying to think through just how to assess that in an interview process. And it's challenging. Something that that I've always liked, you know, growing up was playing playing games, playing board games. And there's a couple games like, you know, like Taboo, for instance, where, you know, you, you basically have a, four or five words that you can't say. And you have to get the room to say a word without using these four or five words. But, you know, games like that make you think outside of the box. It, it makes you, it stretches kind of, you're saying, okay, well, how do, how do I achieve this? And it kind of speaks to intellectual curiosity just a little bit, right? Like, how can, mm-hmm. I, I know I have to do this. And, and, and then it also speaks to, to, and it also puts someone in, a, in an awkward environment that I don't know anyone. I've got to, you know, perform because that's basically what you're doing. Right. And I think it, it really mixes a lot of those things. And, and you know, as a practice administrator, you get put in situations where you do have to perform and you, it is high stress. And yeah. sometimes you might not know everyone in the room. And I'm waiting, you know, this was kind of came about just uh, kind of pre-pandemic. And so we haven't really had the opportunity to do a whole lot of, um, right. you know, certainly in-person interviews. But I've, I just, 
I want to do it. I want to see, you know, get some feedback. <laughs> play a game say, with somebody. Play a game yeah. with someone and make, make them kind of, you know, get on edge. And, and certainly, and it's not about, how, you know, if they win or not. It's about how they handle themselves in a situation mm-hmm. where they feel a little uncomfortable. And, right. you know, can you um, pull it together? Can you think while you're a bit stressed? And then, you know, can you make at least some some rational connections in your brain to try to achieve something? And I think that, yeah. you know, I think that there'd be some value there because we haven't figured it out that the the right things to assess intellectual curiosity, the right things yeah. to assess, how's this person going to handle under pressure other than, hey, this person's been a practice administrator for 15 years. So, you know, you would think that they would, but, you know, right. not necessarily. Well, let's hope the the bosses at Midman are listening, right? <laughs> listening hey, to this episode. They're listening, all right. That's great. Well, think think about this, you know, as we're we're coming to the end of this. Like I think about it like a doctor. You know, you a patient comes in, you're supposed to assess them. Do you just use your eyeballs to check how they're doing? You know, you you do use them, but is that the only method you use to evaluate your patient? No, you do a visual test. You you use your hands and move things around. You do an EKG. You do a stress. You do labs. These are all different ways of getting to see different parts of the body and getting to know that patient better. And that's that's what we have to do. We have to figure out what it is that we want to know about a candidate and then work backwards. You want to know how somebody works under stress. Where are you going to do that in the interview process? How are you going to create that environment to test that? You want to know what it's like when they're not, lo- you don't, they don't think anybody's looking. Okay. How are you going to do that? You know, you start thinking backwards and creating that. And again, it's all experimentation. So you're going to try something. It's not going to work. You got to try again. You got to do something different. You got to just keep cutting until you have a process that gives you what you want. Amen. Amen, brother. That's it right there. And, and you know, I think that's a perfect place to, to wrap things up for this episode. Thank you, Jesse, for sharing your insights on, you know, just what you do and, and what, you know, what you've grown to do and, and from your learning and trying to make things better, you know, in your interview structure and hiring. Um, really appreciate your time. So thanks for joining us, Jesse. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, everybody. Thank you all for tuning in today. I hope you enjoyed our conversation with Jesse. Hey, before you get distracted, go ahead and smash that subscribe button so you can always stay updated on new content. If you want to take that up a notch even further, give us a perfect rating. Hey, why not? We really hope you enjoyed our content today and we thank you again for tuning in. Thanks for tuning in to the MedMan Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's featured guest. For the show notes, transcripts, resources, and everything else MedMan does to help you level up, be sure to visit us at medman.com.